You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. I know what's going to happen. I've been waiting all day for these results of Tyrese Halliburton's MRI to be able to have that for you at the start of today's Locked on Kings podcast, and I can't wait any longer. It's already 2.30 in the afternoon when I'm recording this podcast, and for my East Coast listeners, not to mention my out-of-country listeners, I got to make sure I get a podcast for you at some point. So we are going to record today's Locked on Kings podcast still unaware of what the results are of Tyrese Halliburton's MRI, but I just know whether it's during the recording of this episode or maybe 30 minutes to an hour after this episode releases, that information is going to come out. So if you get to the end of this podcast and we still don't know what the results are to Tyrese Halliburton's MRI, make sure you're following me at Matt George Radio on Twitter. As soon as those results come out, I will have them for you there. We're talking about the Kings and their very successful weekend defeating the Lakers and completing their season sweep of the Dallas Mavericks. I don't understand this team. We'll do our best to figure them out. Marvin Bagley is back. He's playing really well, but can we just enjoy Marvin playing without all the context? I don't think so. Plus, what has this recent winning done to the Kings and their draft lottery odds? For all of you tanking fans, you're not going to be happy. It's all here for you on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. My name is Matt George. I have the the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And the timeline of today's episode is going to be all over the place. We're going to start with the injury that Tyrese Halliburton suffered last night against the Dallas Mavericks. Then we're going to go back to Friday night's win over the Lakers. And then we'll talk about last night's win over the Mavericks. You got all that? We're going back and forth here, but we're starting with the scariness that is and was Tyrese Halliburton's injury last night in Dallas, a non-contact injury. The Kings announced about five or ten minutes after he left the game. He did leave the floor on his own power, which was good to see, but the Kings announced that it was a knee injury not an ankle injury, and that made things 10 times worse in my mind. Anytime there's a non-contact injury and you hear a knee is involved, you immediately assume it's catastrophic and season-ending. Well, we still don't know what the results of the MRI are, but Adrian Wojnarowski did tweet out last night that there is optimism from the Sacramento Kings that the injury is not as bad as as what it looked to be initially. And we also heard after the game that Tyrese was pretty positive and upbeat and cheerful in the locker room after the game. I imagine, now I haven't been in there, I haven't heard from any source on the inside, but I imagine Tyrese was told by whatever doctors and trainers and attendants were uh, at the arena last night that the injury isn't that significant or as significant as it could have been 
They're still going through the process of getting an MRI just to make sure everything is cleared. But unlike most of these injuries, when they happen, it's not painfully obvious that it's extreme or significant. I'm hoping that's the case. But man, in that moment when Tyrese pulled up and was lying on the sidelines in between both benches and both the Dallas Mavericks bench and the Sacramento Kings bench were up, huddled around him, I thought the worst case scenario for this season happened. I thought the Sacramento Kings rookie who had enjoyed a phenomenal first year had suffered the worst. Again, we still have no idea what the injury is. Still waiting for the results of the MRI at this point in time. If that information drops while recording this Locked On Kings podcast, I'll of course share that for you as soon as I see it. If it drops after we're finished recording this podcast, then you'll have to find that information out on social media. I of course will have it for you there. We'll talk about it more in detail on tomorrow's Locked On Kings. But let's talk about the positives from this weekend. Anytime the Sacramento Kings beat the LA Lakers, it's a good time. And in the three meetings between these teams this season, the Kings have had the better end of it, 2-1. and one. And not only did they defeat the Lakers on Friday night, they defeated the Lakers in LeBron James' first game back from injury. And there was no minutes restriction for LeBron. He played, and he played hard, and his team lost. But he wasn't the only one to return. Marvin Bagley made his return for the Sacramento Kings, coming in off the bench, a role that he was very successful in his rookie season. Arguably, he's played his best in his career coming off of the bench. Uh, And he looked good. 11 points, 4 rebounds in 21 minutes. Had some really solid moments in this game. Tyrese Halliburton, 23 points, 10 assists. Halliburton has proved over these last few games with no De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton taking over as the team leader and the starting point guard. Halliburton has proved that he is capable of being a team leader in the NBA. That he is capable of running a team in the NBA. Every single concern about Tyrese Halliburton, how his game will translate to the NBA, how his shot will translate to the NBA his ability to run a team effectively. Those major concerns for Halliburton around the draft, he has already proven wrong in this first season alone. Halliburton, again, 23 points, 10 assists, massive reason why the Kings were successful in this game, as was Rashawn Holmes, 22 points and 9 rebounds, just missing out on the double-double. But unfortunately, Tyrese Halliburton wasn't the only King to suffer an injury this weekend. Chemezi Metu fell hard onto his lower back and even his head snapped back and hit the hardwood. He was going over or going for a dunk and I believe he was trying to dunk over Anthony Davis, just didn't get through, fell back. A really scary hard fall. That hardwood is unforgiving. And if you haven't seen that video, if you're a little squeamish, you might not want to watch. It's not like anything gory or horrific or graphic in that sense, but you can see the impact for Chemezi Metu almost bouncing off the hardwood, it seems. Uh, Thankfully, he was just listed as out in the Mavericks game last night with lower back soreness. Yeah, no kidding. His lower back is sore after the fall that he suffered, but I'm glad to see it wasn't anything worse. I'm hoping that he will be able to get back out uh, and play in another game or a handful of games before this season is over. Uh, I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit here because we're going to talk about in detail last night's Kings win over the Dallas Mavericks, but I mentioned that the Kings were two and one against the Lakers this season. Well, how's this? The Sacramento Kings are 10 and one in their combined games against the Dallas Mavericks, Los Angeles Lakers, Denver Nuggets, and Boston Celtics. 10 and one in their 11 games against those teams this season. And their one loss was against the Lakers in Sacramento 
who are without Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I don't know if you want to say it's because the Kings play to the level of their competition. I don't know if you want to credit the embarrassment at the hands of the Utah Jazz before these two weekend wins. Whatever excuse you want to come up with, with any whatever logic you want to try and apply to the Sacramento Kings team to describe that 10-1 and record against those teams. Hell, if you are a, maybe you're in school, maybe you need a topic for an essay or in-depth paper, there you go right there and send it to me when you're done with it. Try and explain to me how this Sacramento Kings team can be 10 and 1 against those four teams and still be as bad as they are. Good luck trying to figure it out. I hope you don't give yourself a headache like I have trying to think about it. And instead of wasting my time doing that, I'm just going to enjoy the Kings win over the Dallas Mavericks last night. We'll talk more about that game here in just a second. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skill tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests, then add your must-have requirements so that you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, that's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Surely the Dallas Mavericks were not going to allow the Sacramento Kings to sweep their season series, right? Not going to allow the Kings to win all three games, especially with the final game being played in Dallas with no De'Aaron Fox or Harrison Barnes available for Sacramento. Surely, with the playoff implications of last night's game for Dallas, the importance of winning these games with their battle for playoff positioning in the Western Conference right now with both the Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers, surely... Dallas was going to be able to handle their business in this game. Well, I guess not. I guess the Kings are the kryptonite of both the Mavericks and Luka Doncic himself as they defeat the Mavericks again, 111-99. Yes, the Kings held the Dallas Mavericks to under 100 points scoring. Add that to the list of things that you just can't explain about this Sacramento Kings season. Luka Doncic, 3-7 now in his career against the Sacramento Kings. 3-7. Three and seven. Never would have guessed that in his first ten games. And I this is gonna sound like sour grapes because it probably is, and I'm not gonna spend too long on this, but I am so tired of watching Luka Doncic play and constantly complain. 
He was ejected from last night's game at the very end of the game, both he and head coach Rick Carlisle. He should have been ejected halfway through this game with the amount of bitching that he just does after every single call, relying on every single call. I've heard and seen conversations on social media, on radio shows, of Luka Doncic being uh, compared to James Harden. And on a talent standpoint or MVP standpoint, maybe that doesn't sound like a bad thing. But I'm talking about the comparisons of constantly relying on foul calls. And I would say Luka Doncic complains 10 times more more than James Harden does. And if you've listened to the Locked on Kings podcast for a while, if you've listened to me for a while, you know I am not a fan of James Harden. He's one of my least favorite, if not my least favorite player to watch in the NBA. Luka Doncic is getting close to that. They have very similar play styles, and Luka's constant whining and complaining after every call and non-call just turns me off as a viewer and turns me off as a fan. And the fact that he got all the way to the end of the game before being ejected, he should count himself lucky there. Now, why was he ejected? Because this is, I guess, a a point of conversation on social media. It was a bit confusing without proper context because it just looked like Luka Doncic came back into the game late after a timeout and then was kicked out for looking at the official wrong. But what you might not have seen is right as that timeout was taken, Luka Doncic just threw the ball the full length of the floor into the audience or into the stands. That's why he got his second technical. That's why he got kicked out. And Luka Doncic is one technical foul away from a suspension. Call it sour grapes if you want. I'm glad in some capacity the Kings don't have to deal with something like that because they dealt with things like that enough when... DeMarcus Cousins was here. But the big argument for DeMarcus that's anti-Luka Doncic is that in a lot of ways, DeMarcus had a gripe because he didn't get much love from the officials. Luka Doncic bitches and complains even after getting love from the officials because Luka Doncic still gets to the line 12, 13 times a night. All right, enough of that. Let's actually talk about this game and the Kings win. Buddy Heald was excellent in this game after really being a non-factor on Friday night in L.A. That's really just the story of Buddy's season. 27 points, 6 of 10 from three-point range. But truly, I have to give credit where credit is due with Buddy because he has a tendency to step up in a major way when the Sacramento Kings are shorthanded. And I don't talk about this enough last season because overall it was a relatively negative season for Buddy. But when De'Aaron Fox was out for much of last season or that long stretch last season, Buddy Heald really had to put the team on his back and and stepped up in some major ways, including leading the team to some pretty significant victories. I remember Buddy Heald absolutely torching the Boston Celtics both at home and in Boston. Now, the Kings only won one of those games, but Buddy was tremendously important. And I've talked about the reliability of Buddy Heald, the fact that he plays through injuries. Rarely does he get hurt. Uh, I appreciate that from Buddy Heald, so I want to make sure I'm giving credit where it is due. He is reliable for the Kings in that sense, and that reliability is a big bonus, and reliability is something we're going to talk about a lot when we talk about Marvin Bagley. But before we get to uh, his game, I want to talk about Terrence Davis, DeLon Wright, and Jamian Jones, these three pickups that Monty McNair has made this season, and all three of these players I really like, and I understand why the Kings went out and got them. And I'll start with Terrence Davis for a reason. Davis, eight points, five rebounds, seven assists last night. Is Terrence Davis the shooter that Buddy Heald is? No, but he is capable of filling some of the gap that losing Buddy Heald and Buddy Heald's shooting would leave behind. But Davis is also capable, in my opinion, of playing better defense. He provides more on the glass, and he can distribute as he showed in this game. Again, eight points, five rebounds, seven assists. I'm not saying Terrence Davis is a one-for-one replacement for Buddy Heald. It's certainly a step down 
when it comes to shooting. As Buddy Heald has gotten his three-point shooting percentage now up to around 39%, I believe, with the high volume of threes that Buddy takes, that's pretty damn good. Could be better, but that's pretty good. So Terrence Davis is not a complete replacement for Buddy Heald. But if Davis was brought in by Monty McNair to get a look at what the Kings could do if Buddy Heald were to be traded away, I think for the most part, McNair and Kings fans have to be pretty pleased with the results that Davis has given them. Now, DeLon Wright has been solid as that backup point guard. He had 14 points, 5 assists, 2 steals. And then Damian Jones, who after signing two uh, different 10-day contracts, was offered a, I think, a two-year deal. He finished with 9 points, shot 4, 4 from the field, 4 rebounds. Just those three nice, solid pickups for Monty McNair. And I would not be surprised at all to see all three of them on the Sacramento Kings next season. And I think it's fair to say that all three of them would deserve a spot in the rotation. But of course, the biggest question mark for the Sacramento Kings this offseason, next season, all of the above, is Marvin Bagley, who was excellent in this game against the Dallas Mavericks. Excellent. 23 points, 9 rebounds. Should have had a 10-rebound double-double, but unfortunately dropped his 10th rebound out of bounds. Also had 3 assists, and I want to talk about those 3 assists really quick, because I thought Marvin's passing in this game was as good as we've seen it in his career. He should have had a couple more that just didn't result in buckets, but he was looking for cutters, he was looking for the open man, he was playing 1-2 ball on the perimeter with guards. I liked what we saw from Marvin Bagley, his court vision, as we know, sometimes he can get tunnel visioned and then just decide to force up a bad shot or as soon as the ball touches his hands you know it's going up or not at all that wasn't the case with Marvin in this game he also did well in my opinion to take what the defense gave him had a very nice euro step layup instead of just going right into the teeth of the defense he decided to use his athleticism and step around it I thought it was solid defensively he wasn't a massive liability in this game who knows how different that would have been if Kristaps Porzingis had played but I can't hold that against Marvin From just a Marvin Bagley playing a basketball game standpoint, there was very little that I could be upset about from last night. The problem is with Marvin, if he's going to play in every game for the remainder of this season, is I can't just ignore the context. And I'm not talking about the context of being the number two overall pick when the Kings could have had Luka Doncic. That context is, is long gone to me. It still matters. It's still going to be scrutinized for years. But to me, that doesn't matter anymore. None of that is Marvin's fault. What is Marvin's fault in the sense that it's up to him and to the team as well is whether or not Marvin is going to be around when this season is over. I can't just enjoy what Marvin Bagley is doing knowing the context that I know that we all know, which is Marvin and his camp want a fresh start and the Sacramento Kings are actively looking to move on from him. I believe that is a top priority for this organization this offseason, and Marvin can do very little in these final few games to change that. Maybe he doesn't want to change that. And I don't believe anything Marvin does, even if he continues to have great games throughout these final eight or whatever games this season, even if he continues to ball out and puts up great numbers, it's not going to move the needle for other general managers outside of Sacramento who might be interested in acquiring him. Because they know the full context of his career to this point. And putting up good numbers in wins or losses at the end of another failed season doesn't do anything. Everybody already knows Marvin is an athletic freak. Everyone knows that Bagley oozes potential to be great in the NBA. Maybe even an all-star. But whatever he does for the remainder of this season will not erase his injury past... And the context of his issues, especially this season, with the Sacramento Kings organization. 
GMs take that into account. And they will also take into account how unreliable Marvin Bagley is at this point in time. It's the cold truth. You cannot rely on Marvin Bagley yet. He hasn't proven to you that you can rely on Marvin Bagley yet. So why would you want to invest the assets that the Kings are going to be looking for for a player who's unreliable, who's also owed $11 million next season, and then you have to go into contract negotiations for him? Why would you do that? The answer is, you wouldn't. You'd rather try and acquire that player for as little in return as possible because you are the one absorbing the risk. Marvin's value is low. And like I talked about before, Bagley even returned, or we knew Bagley was going to return. I don't believe there's anything that he can do throughout the remainder of this season to raise that value any higher for Sacramento. We'll talk about this more in a future Locked on Kings podcast, because I think it's an interesting question. What if the Kings can't get anything of value for Marvin in return? Should they accept scraps or keep him and try and make him work? I have an opinion on that. I also have an opinion on what Sacramento Kings play-by-play broadcaster Mark Jones has been saying about Marvin both on broadcast, and he brought it up on Twitter last night. He compared Marvin Bagley to DeMontis Sabonis, who had a rough start to his career and then turned into an all-star. I understand that comparison, and I honestly believe that Marvin deserves to have that success with all that he's faced and gone through so far in his young NBA career. The problem is... If that is going to become a reality, it's likely going to become a reality for another team. That is the tough pill to swallow. There is a very good chance that if the Kings do trade Marvin, that he could finally reach that potential. He could become an all-star, but for another city in another team's jersey. This episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their runs to the NBA playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And of course, the Locked on Kings podcast is presented by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious with 18 amazing flavors like cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple, almond, crisp, my favorite mint brownie, salted caramel, and so many more. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. And on top of being delicious, they literally taste like candy bars. Built Bars are healthy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and and high fiber, they're great for the keto diet. Right now, head to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout, and you'll get 15% off of your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. As great as these two wins over the weekend have been for the Sacramento Kings, unfortunately, it really doesn't do much for their chances at the play-in. Still mathematically, they do have a shot, but at four and a half games back... 
Uh, it's still very, very unlikely, and I'm really not wanting to spend much more time talking about it than that. But I will talk about the effect of these wins over the Kings and their draft lottery standings. Going into Friday's matchup against the Lakers, the Kings had the best odds at the seventh pick. Now, today, they have the best odds at the ninth pick. Sorry, tanking fans. I know you want the Kings to lose games and put themselves in the position for the best draft pick available. Unfortunately, they are moving in the opposite direction as they have been leapfrogged by both Chicago and Toronto. And here's the scary part. The Kings are only two games ahead of Washington and New Orleans in the 10th and 11th spots. So it's very real that the Kings could fall out of the top 10 completely, especially with three meetings against the Oklahoma City Thunder coming up. In the ninth spot, the Kings have now just a 20.3% chance to move up to the top four, unlike the 32% chance that they had in the seventh spot. And they have just a 4.5% chance at number one overall, down from 7.5%. Let's simulate the lottery and see where the Kings end up. They stay at nine. The Detroit Pistons win the draft lottery in today's simulation. Let me know how you're feeling. Did you enjoy these two Kings wins or are you frustrated because of the lottery effect? Also, join me on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast because there are a couple major topics that I want to talk about. Number one is, should the Kings consider shutting down De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, regardless of what the results of his MRI are, and Harrison Barnes for the remainder of this season? I think there is a real argument for doing that, and it doesn't have to do with tanking. Plus, I'm not sure if you saw or heard, but LeBron James, who recently endorsed the idea of a play-in tournament, is now complaining about it, saying whoever thought of it needs to be fired. J.A. Adonde, who is a national writer and media personality who I really respect, had a ridiculous tweet and take on social media today talking about how if the Lakers and Celtics somehow fall out of the playoffs because of this play-in tournament, it needs to be changed or gotten rid of completely. What a horrific take. What a totally pro-big market, screw-everybody-else take. I can't stand it. I want to talk about it more on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, so please join me for that. Please leave a review of this Locked on Kings podcast if you haven't already. Best place to do so is on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Hit five stars. I really would appreciate that. Also, I appreciate all of you who are continuing to stick around and listen to Locked on Kings throughout these tough final weeks of the season. Regardless of what happens for the remainder of this season, I really look forward to this offseason. I think it's going to be a great time here on Locked on Kings with everything that should go down this summer. Locked on Kings is going to be your hub for it all. I hope you would join me for that. Be sure to share this podcast with Sacramento Kings friends in your life. And I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.